Hello, everyone, and welcome back to New and Nerdworthy. Nailed it on the first try for the probably the first time. Uh, this is going to be your week in review from July 26th, which is Monday of last week, to today, which is August the 2nd. We're into August, and we're getting close to our very next deep dive. But this is Ian. And this is Tanner, and like Ian said, we've got a busy week in the, on the news front, so we're going to catch you up on on everything. And as we teased a little bit last week, we're really going to jump right in be, with the uh, the big release of this upcoming week, which will be James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Uh, I know Ian Woo. is excited. I'm excited. Uh, you know, we've got a, a couple different ways to to watch the movie, given this this weird still COVID pandemic. So we're going to give you some insight on how we think would be the best for you to, to view this movie. Again, we're not going to pressure anyone because we know there's still some, some weirdness going on out in the world. So, uh, but we'll yeah. give you, we'll give you our thoughts and uh, you know, we're going to, we'll just jump right in. We're going to give you who we think dies, maybe how we think they're going to die. Uh, this movie should be quite crazy. So uh, we got a, we got a jam packed show with a bunch of other things as well, but we'll just jump right in to our suicide squad preview and get you kicked off with, kind of a framework of what we're working with here. And uh, we just looked before we started the show uh, currently suicide squad. If you believe in the rotten tomato meter, which, you know, whatever um, yeah. I, I kind of use it as a benchmark. Uh, you know, if I, if I'm questionable on a movie, I might flip it on. I was going to watch suicide squad regardless. Ian, I know you're regardless. Yeah. Um, so, but sometimes the tomato meter might catch you off guard. And this, in this instance, at 76 reviews before the show, Suicide Squad still sitting at 96%. Uh, that's that's incredible, especially for a comic book movie. Um, I'm really excited for this because from everything that you read and the non-spoiler, because I don't, I try to avoid anything that's got any spoilers in it on on any of the reviews. So I'm just going off non-spoiler reviews that I've seen. You know, everybody says that James Gunn is fully unleashed. It's his movie. Uh, you know, it seems like Warner Brothers may have stayed out of this one, which, uh, is, is to the positive, uh, on this movie. So, uh, gory going to be crazy. 96% is nothing to scoff at. Uh, and it makes me excited, uh, for this movie. I don't, we, I can't think of a comic book movie. Maybe, I mean, even, even like Iron Man, right. It's like 92, maybe Avengers like 94, but I don't think anything in the Marvel cinematic universe is up that high. Now, again, they get more reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but, uh, 96% for a, especially in the DCEU or wherever we are with this movie, uh, quite impressive. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very interested to, you know, with it being so overwhelmingly positive, I'm very interested to go in and read the negative reviews, Yeah, which seem to be very few and far in between, but I'm very interested to go see like what they didn't like. Yeah. And, and honestly, movie. like I've seen a couple and they're like, right. You get these guys on, on and gals on rotten tomatoes and they, they can basically go in there and write a sentence and they don't explain anything on why they think it's negative. You know, sometimes right. they're just trolling. Like the, the one person that gave toy story three, a negative review out of the 300 reviews, like you're just there to troll. Right. You're just there. Yeah, right. Exactly. So like, again, that's kind of why I don't put too much stock in the rotten tomato meters, but uh, to, to see a comic book movie, especially one that's going to be a hard, a hard R be this overwhelmingly positive is, is kind of a shock and, you know, just gets us more excited, especially 
because everybody's telling me it's crazy, so it better be crazy. Um, and we're going to get into exactly. the crazy a little bit here in a, in a little bit, but I'm excited. I'm also I'm very interested to see on Thursday night when when I go see this what the what 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 the demographic of the theater is in yeah. terms of age specifically. Yeah. I'm very I don't want to say concerned, but I'm very interested to see how many kids I oh, see in this theater because yeah. it is the next comic book movie <laughs> and how many people, how many parents realize, Oh my gosh, this isn't for kids. Well, yeah, the rated, the, the R rating says that for you. That was the same way with Deadpool. When I went, I, there was exactly. a bunch of kids when we went and when, when we opened and saw it and we saw it in like one of those small theaters that had like the recliner chair. So mm-hmm. not a ton, but I mean, they were still, you know, 25% kids probably under the age of 12. And it's like, uh, there was a lot of backlash there too from some from some angry parents at the time. Again, okay, so anybody that's watching this that has kids and is wondering, like, hey, should I take my six year old to see this? Probably not. This is a leave the kids at home, don't you know, movie. Yeah, the, yeah. There's there's going to be a whole lot of blood in this movie. I'm, I'm fairly positive, and a whole lot of f bombs. So like, <laughs> just be prepared. And speaking of the blood, there are going to be multiple ways to watch that blood spurt out of everybody. <laughs> um, so being in this COVID environment that we're in, there's going to be multiple ways to watch this movie, just like there were multiple ways to watch black widow and some of the other Disney releases as well. And all of the HBO max releases yep. up to this point, there's, you know, there's been a couple ways to watch them, but this one's a little bit interesting because there are some preferred view viewing experiences, I think. So James Gunn, when he made this film, he shot the whole the whole thing on an IMAX camera, which, for those of you who don't know, gives you I think the number is like twenty six percent more screen than a regular or even Dolby theater right. would give you. So that's how I'm going to see it. I want to see it the way James Gunn shot it. So I'm going to see it in IMAX. I, I want to see the full screen. You know, it may not sound quite as good as the Dolby theater or maybe even at home would sound depending on your sound system at home. But I think the best way to experience the movie is going to be uh, in IMAX. Yeah. And, and I'm with you. And I think, uh, we originally purchased Dolby tickets. Um, and that was before I, I had heard the news that James Gunn had shot the movie with an IMAX camera and not too many movies have done this or not entirely in IMAX. Right. right? We've gotten movies that have shot scenes in IMAX. Um, right. There's, I think there's been a and couple. And you always get that yeah. weird dynamic right. change in the middle of a movie. Sometimes you don't notice it, but sometimes it's like blaringly obvious <laughs> when the screen gets bigger. Right. Yeah, but having the the whole movie, I think maybe maybe Snyder did a movie, one of the either Batman versus Superman. That sounds like something he would yeah, do. Yeah, I think he might have shot honest. all of it in IMAX. I can't remember 100%, but he's um, a big technical guy, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I we switch our tickets, we're going to go see it in IMAX. I will miss my comfy recliner chair. I will probably end up going yep. and seeing it in Dolby anyway. Um, but you know, for those of you that are still you know, worried about it if you've got HBO Max, you can still watch it at home. It's free on HBO Max. It's not Premier Access like Disney Plus. So, you know, we would encourage you if you're comfortable, you know, if you've been vaccinated or if you just feel comfortable going out in, in, in the environment, 
you know, obviously we love the movies. We want them to survive. So if you can go, go. Um, and, but again, we're not pressuring anybody. Of course, we're not getting paid by the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. I don't have stock in AMC. <laughs> I was dumb. I didn't buy it. So, um, but if, yeah, if you're not but- comfortable, stay at home, watch it on HBO max. I'll probably watch it. I'm actually taking Friday off because last couple of weeks of work have been, so I'm going to stay at home and <laughs> watch it again on Friday, I'm sure. And then, uh, maybe once well, again on the weekend. So. And you know, for the, for the people who are, are going to stay home and watch it, you know, you're going to be able on HBO max, you're going to be able to watch it in Dolby vision and with Dolby Atmos, if your systems support that. Right. So from a pure image quality standpoint, that's actually the best way to watch it. You're just not going to get the benefit of that added screen, uh, size that the IMAX gives that IMAX gives you. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you got, you guys do what you want. We're going to see it in IMAX. We'll let you know. I'll probably watch it at home. So I'll tell you what I thought, uh, both ways. Exactly. Um, and I know Ian, you'll probably do the same thing and I may go see it in Dolby just to be a, a glutton for a punishment. So you never know with me, you know, if I get bored on the weekend, I support it. Yeah, whatever. So, um, (laughs) that's where we are with that. But now, but there, the main yeah, there attraction. are a lot of characters in this movie. <laughs> a lot. There are a lot. And I don't yeah. think we're going to see a lot of them at the end. No. <laughs> I, I, I would venture to guess a handful or less at the end of this movie. Oh, yeah? Well, why, let's, so, why, don't, we, uh, why don't we talk about that there, Ian? Yeah. T- Tanner and I have put together a list of the majority of characters yeah. in this film. You know, there are some characters that are just like, desk agents and stuff like that, that, you know, we're not going to, we're really not going to worry about too much. Or, but or like characters that a, we don't know yet. Cause again, you yeah, know, Taika is in this movie. We don't, at least I don't. And I don't, Ian, I don't know that you've seen it. We don't really know who no. he's playing. I think both right. of us thought he might've been There's, sorrow, but apparently yeah. not. I, it, so we're yeah, not going to guess Gunn on him. Was, yeah. James Gunn says that he's not, but you know, maybe you never know whoever he is. I'm sure it will be hilarious. Bingo. But let's let's uh let's run down the list of people here. So we have one of only two remaining villain characters. We know Rick Flagg's coming back, but only one of two returning squad members first up here. You're talking from David, Ayer, playing, from, from David Ayers. Right, from the David Ayers Suicide Squad. Or well, we I guess we can't call so, it David Ayers Suicide Squad, but Well, yeah, I don't think David Ayer claims hit that, that version of the movie. Right. Uh, we'll go from Warner bros, uh, suicide squad, whoever the bros are, <laughs> but we'll start here. Jai Courtney is coming back as captain boomerang. And I actually thought he was one of the highlights of suicide squad. Yeah. I thought he was funny. You know, he didn't get too much action, but I thought he, I thought he was funny in the scenes that he was in with his weird stuffed animal and all of that. But uh, I think Tanner and I have a consensus on this guy. Yep, dead. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, like I, I could very well. And, see and I would, I would. Minutes. I was going to say I, I could venture a guess that this is going to happen almost immediately. Yep, yep. And, and they're going to yeah. be like David, David Ayer, who, and then they're going to murder him right away. Right. right. Yeah, I, I'm 100. percent Yeah, I think he's like I said. I think he's dead in the first. Maybe the first scene, uh, he might make. I know, it. I know there's there's a lot of people wondering if we're ever going to we're going to see Captain Boomerang face off against the Flash like he you know <laughs> he does so often in the comics. Guys, he's not going to live that long. 
Unless Flash is a prequel to the Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, and somehow, <laughs> yeah. Or it's on a different Earth. Yeah, that we who see knows what they're doing with that anymore. Uh, yeah. All right, second, we've got Michael Roker, who you, everybody probably knows as Yondu or Meryl from the Meryl and Daryl duo from The Walking Dead. Um, yeah. He is playing Savant. And if you've seen him in the in the trailer, he has kind of been the one that's been like the the poster child for the bomb in the bottom of the head uh, with Amanda Waller. I, I've mm-hmm. got him dying, and and I think he's going to be the one that gets his head blown off by Amanda Waller. That's my my early prediction. Yeah, I'd, I'd have I'd have to agree that there's a, a one of the newest TV spots or trailers has got Viola Davis's Amanda Waller like screaming to let her to press the button. And I'm fairly positive that that button's getting pressed on Michael Rooker right there. Yeah, and I think it'll be good. Um, I think it'll be a good I, tone setter for the movie. Really, I mean, yep. Because we and unlike uh, yeah, Slipknot exactly, or whatever the heck exactly. that character's name was, we're actually going to see this dude's head blow off. I'm fairly positive. Yeah, this is we're not. It's not going to be <laughs> off screen. Some off screen thing. We're going to see some heads explode. Yeah, this is going to be Deadpool level violence, probably if not, you know, more. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Next up on the list from Pitch Perfect 2 and YouTube, and he is hilarious, or was since the show's over now, on any time he visited Conan's show, Conan O'Brien's show. But uh, Flula Borg is playing the character of Javelin, which is hilarious in and of itself. He's just a char- He's just a villain who throws javelins. And if, if anybody's seen the trailer, he's the guy in the bright yellow and blue suit. Okay. Yep, and I think that's going to stand out so much that he gets killed pretty pretty quickly. Yep, I got it. I got him dying off the jump too. Yep, so I think that one's pretty, and I think it'll be hilarious. Whatever he, however he dies, I'm sure he'll put a hilarious spin on it, and it'll be. Oh yeah, I, he definitely <laughs> will. All right, and I think the next, the the funniest death is going to have to go to our next guy. Yeah, and that's that's Nathan Fillion is is TDK. Um, I think they're calling him the, de- the detachable <laughs> kid now or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it, he was like arms fall off, man, right? In arms the comic. fall apart, man, yeah. or something right. like that. So, yeah. uh, if you guys have seen the little clip of him and, and the battle on the beach, it is the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. And it looks like he's just, the arms are just smacking people. <laughs> yeah, and it's not doing and anything. And I think he, it, and he's definitely going to die with his arms detached. <laughs> 100%. Like it's just going to be his body. And he's going to get killed. Yeah, right? he's he's dead in the first few minutes. So, yep, he's gone. Yep. See you later. And then next up, and I apologize if we pronounce this incorrectly, but Maylene Ng, who uh, played an Amazonian in Wonder Woman, uh, funny enough, is playing Mongol, who is a basically just a super powered alien she's got super strength and all that stuff she's the orange character um, from the trailer yes she's she's the decidedly orange <laughs> character um i don't know if she's gonna die immediately like these other people are saying i think we might see it since she is one of the few with full-on like super strength like with superpowers. i think you might see her live and do something super we might get to see her do something with her powers first but then she's gonna die. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to me, I think this is gonna be like a Shatterstar incident from Deadpool Two, where he's like yes. the, the badass alien that gets chopped up in a helicopter, right? Because like mm-hmm. the one scene we've seen of her is her holding on to the bottom of a helicopter, is like as it's swaying. So 
I could, that weird high pitched scream. Right, right. So I could see that being like one of those those dumb deaths. But yeah, she unfortunately ain't making it out of the movie, so she's gone. No. Um, next, we've got Peter Capaldi from Doctor Who. For those of you that watch Doctor Who, uh, he is playing the Thinker. Um, he's the one that has like the the suction or the 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 cupping things on his head. <laughs> I think he's hilarious because he was actually one of the back before the show was complete crap. Well, I guess it was on its way to crap at this point. He was one of the main villains in one of the seasons of The Flash. Yeah, he was. So I think that's hilarious that he goes from main villain to this movie. So he's an interesting one for me because they've kind of, in the trailer, spun him as like the connection to Starro. Mm -hmm. And so I I think he probably makes it most of the movie. He could be one that like maybe slides in under the door and and makes it as like a, you know, a a sneaky villain sneaking out the back door kind of thing, setting up maybe like a future suicide squad movie. So I'm actually going to go a surprise here. I'm going to say he sneaks out and lives, but like, you know, in like a sneaky villain way, right? He does Mm -hmm. it and And sets up a future suicide squad project. I'm, I'm going to agree with you on the living part, but I think he lives because he's not a team member. That's fair. I think he's going to be some guy that they, I don't know, recruit or bring onto the team partway into the movie. Because there's that scene where they're like threatening and and Harley's making the jokes about personalized license plates and all that stuff. I think they're, they're giving him that speech because they just brought him on. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I I don't think the thinker has a bomb in the back of his neck. Right. Yeah, I, but I think we, we see him in like the big Starro fight. That's kind of right. But I agree right. with you. I think that makes sense. He's not like if he he escapes, he's not getting Amanda Wallard, at least as far right. as we know, unless they have like a mm-hmm. attack field kit for that where they can implant <laughs> people's heads, which, you know, I would flag can just stab him in there. <laughs> right. So I think we so we both have him living in a surprise. Yeah. Wow. Right. So right. I think that is a big surprise. Nice. Yeah. I like it. So next up, we have Alice Braga, who's an incredible actress. I was excited to see her in this movie. She's in New Mutants. She might be one of the better parts of that movie. Yeah, the second second um, best part of that movie, at least. Yeah. Yes. Set so, yeah, day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I actually really liked her in uh, that Predators movie. Yeah, I did too. Back, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. The, um, I actually liked that. Playing, That's one of the better Predator movies I made in a long time. I actually, I actually agree. Very underrated yeah. movie. But she's playing Soul Soria. Um, I don't know how to make this decision, but because most everyone else is dying, I'm just going to go ahead and say she's going to die. Yeah, this is, this is interesting, right? Cause we're not even a hundred percent sure what her role is on, on the team, or if she is part of, uh, the, the military crew that you see in the, in the trailers a little bit, the one that seemed to be housing Starro. Uh, the reason we include her on the list, she does appear in the, the character list, uh, that James Gunn released with all the character posters the suicide squad. So we include her on this, but like we have seen nothing of her really in, in anything. And I know there's a ton of characters in this. So, uh, it would be, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I like Alice Braga. I mean, I think she's a great actress, uh, but I'm like you, I don't really know what to make of her character since we haven't seen anything. So I'm going uh, when questioning in this movie, I'm going dead. So, uh, sorry. Yeah, That's the thing. I think if it's up in the air at all, they're going to die. Yep. And now the, now we're going to get into, but I think, yeah, this one's going to be a little weird. I think, yeah. uh, I think Ian and I disagree on, on the next character and, and 
that's John Cena as Peacemaker. Um, couple things to keep in mind with him, right? We've got we know he's going to have his own show on HBO Max. Um, that show is yes, a prequel is. show, though. It is not a right. sequel to Suicide Squad, and for that reason, I'm going to say he dies in a shocking turn of events in some hilarious. Again, right, Peacemaker, the character is all about ensuring liberty. So I could see him doing something idiotic that he thinks. Some ridiculous yeah, send off. Yeah. Right. Like I could see like a ridiculous send off for like liberty and, and freedom and justice and him doing something mm-hmm. dumb and dying and it being hilarious. Kind of like uh, yeah. I could see it if anybody's seen uh, Kong Skull Island when the one uh, dude in the military walks out to fight the, the Skull Walker with the grenades and yeah. the thing kicks it to the, kicks him to the, the mountain yep. and blows up like that. Something dumb like that. That's, that's how <laughs> I got John Cena dying, but I think Ian might actually disagree with me on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think I'm going to leave John Cena alive. I think he's going to live because I think if they do want to make more of these, I think out of all these characters, you know, other than a couple that we'll get to here in a few minutes, some obvious ones, um, I think John Cena is the star power that would is one of those star powers that I think would carry over to another film. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. Um, so and I, and I, yeah, and I'm not sure. You know, we don't even know if they want to make another one of these. Um, they might not. So I mean, I, I'm not going to be mad if what you said happens, but I, I'm I'm just gonna. Just for argument's sake, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he lives. I think hey. if they do want to make more of these, I think he's a good anchor for a continuation. I think it'll be funny either way, so I'm good. Exactly, exactly. So next up on the list, one of the funniest people alive, in my opinion, Pete Davidson is playing the character Blackguard. He's like an elite mercenary. Um, he's gonna die. Yep, he's dead. It's gonna be funny. Yep. It's gonna be something like. It's melodramatic, gonna, exactly. I'm sure, like typical mm-hmm. Pete Davidson, like sad, funny, depressing. It, I, I just think there's just no way he lives. Yep. Like, I don't think he wants yeah, to there's live. There's absolutely no way. Like, like I don't think he wants his character to live. Like, not that he doesn't want to live. I'm, I'm saying, right. <laughs> I don't think he wants his character to live. I think he would think it's funnier. So, yeah, he's gone. Um, <laughs> the next one's one of my favorites because I just think of Sean Gunn. Uh, that is James Gunn's character or brother. For those who don't know, he plays Kraglin in Guardians of the Galaxy two, um, and one. He's playing Weasel and does the motion capture yeah. for Rocket. Rocket. That's right, uh, and he's doing the motion capture and, and voicing Weasel. Uh, he's gonna die. Uh, Weasel, yes. Weasel's dead. So, uh, and and I have a bold prediction on that. Oh yeah, I think Weasel is the first to go. Wow. Okay. I think I think I think they're gonna they're gonna land on whatever their first battle is, maybe that beach scene, whatever it is. And I think he gets killed immediately. Perfect. I love it. I mean, why not? I think I just think he's the first one to get to get gun. So can I ask a question while we're <laughs> on this topic? Isn't Sean Gunn also playing Calendar Man in this movie? Yes. I did see that image. So like, what the hell is going on with that? Because like, we haven't seen him at all. I can see him and like condiment mm-hmm. King just being like locked up in the prison with the rest of them. I think, I think that's basically what it is. They're going to be these two morons that are in the <laughs> reef. And, and, I mean, cause I mean, calendar man, I mean, come on. 
I, I listen, guys. If I get a condiment king shot where he's got like a mustard and a ketchup gun, <laughs> where and he's, he's got just, mustard and ketchup, he's just squirting people. I'll like that. I don't even need to see the rest of the movie. That's perfect. So, um, just for funsies, if he like if, it, if that's confirmed, he's gonna die too. I don't know why not. Oh yeah. Know. So yeah, why not? James Gunn dies twice, uh, or Sean Gunn dies twice. Yeah, Sean Gunn <laughs> dies twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, we have uh, David Desmolchen. Um, and funny enough, this is his second tentpole Warner Brothers blockbuster this year. He's going to be one of our characters that we see in Dune later on this year, too. Yep. And this um, is a second he plays with the, DC as well. Yes, it is. And he was in The Dark Knight. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. As the uh, crazed Joker yep. uh, follower yep. in The Dark Knight. Um, he plays the polka dot man. Who I think is on for me, other than uh, King Shark, who we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> I think Polka Dot Man is the one stealing some of the scenes for me in the in these trailers. Hundred um, percent. He looks to be hilarious, and they actually make look like they're trying to make him kind of formidable, which is awesome and hilarious at the same time. Um, but I'm going to say that he dies. I think he's going to get his wish. You know, we, we see in that trailer where. You know, we're all going to die. And he says, I hope so. I I think he's going to get his wish. But I think it's going to be one of the more. I think it's going to be kind of gut wrenching. Yeah, he does. die. I think he's going to I think this is going to be one of those ones where they build him out for the whole movie. You kind of fall for the guy and he ends up dying probably heroically. Um and and I think we're going to be a little bit sad about it when it happens. Yeah, I, I really think this has got an opportunity to be one of uh, the bigger character arcs in this uh, movie. I think, you know, we talked a lot, like going through this list. I think there's automatic die uh, characters mm-hmm. in this. This is one, based on the trailer, I, I to me, before this, right, you can put Polka Dot Man up there with Calendar Man and the Condiment King. Like, who cares? Like, this is stupid. Um, just stupid right. character that'll die off the jump, right? Like that would be my immediate reaction. But from what we've seen, you know, David Smallchin looks like, uh, to your point, he's, he's stealing some scenes. He looks funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think this could be like a Yondu arc, right? Where you, where the character gets built up and then, uh, gut wrenching at the end. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I didn't think I'd get there with this character, but I think that's where this is going to end up. So, uh, I've got him, I've got him. And I think that's that. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's what's going to make these next few a little different because these next few these next final characters are the ones that we're really going to care about. I I think, you know, based off the trailers, I think these next these next number of characters are the ones who make it, you know, farther into the movie, whether they make it out, you know, we'll see. But I think I think these next batch of characters are the ones we'll see by the climax, at least. Um. So we're going to go ahead and start with Sylvester Stallone <laughs> out here repping the King Shark. Um, I think King Shark lives. Um, I think it's too good of a he's he's too good of a character, too good of a punchline, and and I mean, and an elite physical presence um, to die here. I think he he like for me like Peacemaker is uh, another character that would that you want to bring uh, an audience to bring a fandom to, to support a movie down the road. Yeah. I I don't see King shark dying. And I actually think he ends up killing at least one other member of the squad. I haven't decided. 
Ooh, I don't know I like who it that. is. Like if I had like if I had to pick one, I think him killing Weasel would be the funniest thing in the entire world. I actually really so like that. I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes, King Shark lives because King Shark is a shark. For those of you that watch the the uh, the animated shows uh, or animated <laughs> movies, uh, that's his line in uh, Apocalypse War. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just showing my nerddom there. Uh, but I got King <laughs> Shark living, and I got him eating Weasel as his introduction. So like that. that's going to be my, my dark, maybe, dark horse. Maybe that happens before even the first battle. Maybe that just happens <laughs> on, the on, the, on the helicopter. Yeah. Well, we don't see him on the yeah. helicopter, but that doesn't mean he's not there. We've seen tricks like this done before. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's fine. Uh, so, yeah. And I, I think that one's, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to die. Yeah. So next one, this one's a little bit trickier because we get some, some hints at this a little bit in the trailer. This is Del- Daniela Melcher, which I, I really hope I pronounced that right. Um, and I'm really excited for this character. She's playing Ratcatcher 2 because her father is going to be the original Ratcatcher. Uh, but I'm really excited because she is an, a, a, you know, a virtual unknown act. She hasn't been in many things. Um, but for everything we've seen in the trailer, um, she looks to be a, a focal point of the story. Um, you know, we've got that pivotal scene in the trailers in, in multiple trailers when the, she trades with Idris Elba, the idea of getting the other one out of their situation alive. Um, I personally believe that she's going to live in this one. Um, and, and, and some of those scenes in the trailer with her look incredible, like when she's, kind of down on the ground holding up the the uh rat catcher like wand i guess is what we could call it um and then that like horde of rats is is going past her i think that's just an incredible shot to see um but i i kind of just hope she yeah lives. that's fair um, i i i've got her like this one's tough for me cuz i think whoever i pick to live the other one's dying between bloodsport right. and her um, yep. I, 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 I'm thinking thematically if I was the director, but I, but I, then you got to put yourself in James Gunn's mind. So, okay, here's, I'm going to explain my thinking mm-hmm. on this. Most directors I think would pick rat catcher to live and say, and blood sport mm-hmm. to die heroically to save her because we've seen that dynamic. Right. I'm going yeah. James Gunn style. And saying that Ratcatcher dies to save Bloodsport. Eh, I don't love okay. it. I don't love it. And I, I, I really could see this going uh, either way, though, because you do have that dynamic with Bloodsport's daughter, right. uh, played by Storm Reed, incredible actress. You know, you you don't want to see the girl that they've put focus on lose her dad. Yeah. But at the same time this career criminal that's brought her nothing but pain dying a hero could be a victory in its own yep. right that, you know, being able to say for the rest of her life that her dad was a hero could be interesting. Um, that, but like you said, yeah. I think who, whoever, you know, whichever one of these dies, the other lives. Yeah. I, I just feel like, eh, I, again, I don't love it. I don't love it. But I'm mm-hmm. gonna go with Ratcatcher dying 
And either way, that's going to be that's going to be a good yeah, retro. I agree. I think I think they, those yeah. the the polka dot man death and either the rat catcher or bloodsport death are both going to be the the harder ones in the movie. Uh, the next guy we've got is Rick yeah. Flag. It's a repeat. It's Joel Kinnaman from the original mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. Uh, not knowing where this. I think we disagree. We on this I, one I've, I've got him dying in a, in, a, in a little bit of a surprise. Um, I know that you know Rick Flag tends to hang around uh, in most of the Suicide Squad uh, stories. I just think we we're, because we don't know where this is going, and James Gunn has free reign. Uh, this is a very easy killable character for me, uh, and I and I just yeah. think if James Gunn wants to make this wild, he could be a surprise like death right off the jump. Um, or oh. maybe towards the the front half of the movie, maybe like a coming together mm-hmm. of the team when he dies or something like that. Yeah. But I've got him dying. Yeah, I, I think he's going to live. I think he's one of those staples that's kind of safe. Um, but maybe that is you know me crutching on the comics a little bit too much there. Um, I, I think at the bare minimum we're going to see Joel Kinnaman open up the character a little bit more than yeah. he got to in suicide Agreed. squad. He was pretty one dimensional in that, in that one in Warner brothers rendition. We, we <laughs> I guess we'll never know how he was in David Ayer's right. version. Um, the one thing I could see that would be interesting if for a death with him is if to save the world or it's to save, you know, whatever from star Wars, from Starro he disobeys Amanda Waller. Yeah. And she kills yeah. him. I think that could be a very interesting twist. And to your point, he could also save the world from Star Wars if 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 the last Star Wars movie is any indication of where we're headed on that. But <laughs> that would be lovely. I mean, if 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 Rick Flagg could come in and just erase episode nine from existence. <laughs> that's a debate for that's a that's a rant for another day. But so we've talked about Bloodsport. I don't think we yeah, need I've got to him, I've got him jump in on him anymore. Yeah, and I've got I've got I, I've tentatively have yep. him dying. Um, I think that's the that's the most difficult decision on this list. But next up is Viola Davis, the amazing, the powerful Viola Davis, playing Amanda Waller. She's going to live. Yep, hundred percent. Because Suicide Squad doesn't continue without her. So. Um, if they ever do want to continue, they need Amanda Waller. I've got her living too. And then finally, the fan favorite. My favorite. We got, yep. Most people's favorite. Margot Robbie playing Harley Quinn. She's going to Yeah, live. I know a lot of people think that James Gunn's going to kill her. I just don't know. Like, I know he said that Warner Brothers has given him reign to do whatever he wants. Uh, this may be one. I, I, I don't think... Yeah, I don't. I don't think killing Harley Quinn was one especially of those when you've got all the properties that you build around her. You've got the Harley Quinn animated show. You've got the Birds of Prey movie out there. You've got this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't see. I don't see it happening. And and I hope it doesn't. And, and we're actually later on in this episode, we're going to talk about a bit of news that I think lends itself to her not yeah. dying. Yeah. So stay tuned. Yeah. But we're going to pivot a little bit to our other big story uh, for this week, and that is the release of Disney's Jungle Cruise. Which we didn't think was going to be a big news. I thought, I, I'll be right. honest with you guys, I thought this and was going to be I a think, nothing burger. I really did. I was very 
I was very much considering not Agreed. watching this. To be honest, until those first reviews came in and said that it was good, and 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 I'll be um, honest, I didn't see it in the theaters. I we 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 went premiere no, access I did not instead. Either. So did uh, I. Yep, I watched it at yeah. home on my nice TV <laughs> um, with my Dolby Atmos, and and I mean, and, and it. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about the looks of it for, here for those minute, who didn't. I'll just jump in. Know, Ian is very bougie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like my technology, guys. Um. I'm just going to go go ahead and jump in. I'm giving this movie a 7.5. Um, I think it was just summer fun. Yeah. I think this is probably the biggest, like I told, we talked about it. I talked about it last week. Fast nine should have been summer fun, but it was too stupid to be summer fun. Um, I think this one falls into that range of just pure summer fun. The people who said that it was as good as, the, the you know the the high points of Pirates of the Caribbean I think they were way off. Um, I don't think that it hit it gets close to it doesn't get anywhere near it close to uh, the Curse of the Black Pearl, um, but I also don't think it gets quite to the levels of Dead Man's Chest or whatever the third one was called. Um, it, I'm blanking on that right Stranger now. Stranger Tides. No, that's four. I think that yeah, was it's four. Dead Man's, it's Curse of Black Pearl, uh, Dead Man's Chest. Dead Man's Chest is End. two. At World's End. There we go. Nice detour <laughs> there. I don't think it's as good as, as as that trilogy. It's better than any of the... I think it was better than yeah, any Dead, of the yeah. pirates yeah, that followed that. Um, so like I said, I give it a 7.5. Um, I thought the... I thought the the biggest comparison I could make is not the one that I kept seeing in reviews... You know, I, I, a lot of them kept saying that it was trying to be like Indiana Jones. Um, I don't think that was its goal. No. Um, I, I actually think the best comparison is to the Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weisz mummy movies. Um, I think the comedy is similar. The supernatural aspects are similar. Um, I love being a Disney fan. You know, Tanner and I talked about how we go to Disney a lot. A lot. I think some of the Disney nods were incredible yeah. and smart. Um, Trader Sam, we're looking at you. Sorry if that's a little bit too much of a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Well, it, I don't think it is. Um, I, I think those references are great. The story falls apart a couple times. It's it gets a little cheesy or dumb a couple times. But what do you expect from a summer yeah. movie? Um, I think that's why I don't rate it much higher. But there aren't a lot of big giant. You know, for lack of a better term, dumb summer blockbusters that have absolutely, you know, bulletproof stories. Um, So that's why I gave it a a 7.5. Yeah, I mean, similar to you, I went 7.2. I thought it was good. There were parts of it where I think the CG lost me a little bit. Yeah. Um, Especially, Mm -hmm. so, and, and I... I, I understand where you're going with the mummy comparison to me. I think the direct comparisons pirates of the Caribbean. I do. I think that's what they were trying to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, you know, because pirates does have nods to the ride as well. Um, mm-hmm. with the jail yeah, cell. And, the dog. Definitely true. Uh, and so I think, you know, mm-hmm. you take it as a Disney live action movie in terms of Disney live action movies. This is one of the better ones I've done in a while. Um, Agreed. Uh, generally speaking, you know, while we're Disney nerds, I'm not a huge Disney live action movie fan. I think they've struggled there a little bit, uh, but I think this is one of their better yeah. ones. 
um, the rock and Emily Blunt are, are, they carry the movie and they make it worth watching. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. really what it is. I thought Jack Whitehall was very yeah, funny and, too. And I, you know what? Like at the expense of offending people, I, I love the Jack Whitehall reveal. So, um, I did. We, we well. won't spoil yeah. it too much, but I think, yeah, I, you know, uh, yeah. I, it seemed to fit. It, it was obvious with the character and it made a lot of sense within the mm-hmm. story. So, uh, no problems here on my end. You know, sometimes when you force those things or you try to over overtly hide it and, and like tease it, I think, Mm-hmm. that's where it becomes inappropriate. Well, and Disney exactly. has that. Disney's made that, that mistake. Right. Before, I mean, with Le- Le I agree, right. Like that was when you name the only character, it was blown out like of proportion. Idiot. And, and you make yeah. him a, uh, a non, uh, a non heterosexual character. We don't know what the full extent of that was, but, yeah. uh, and you call him the fool and he, and it's only alluded to, I think you miss an opportunity and, yeah, and, you know, and, yeah, and I think exactly. they did a better job in, in this movie with it hitting it head on. Uh, again, like mm-hmm. Ian said, I thought some of the story uh, was a little cheesy. Again, it's a Disney kids movie, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let it ride on that. Right. I'm not expecting you know Citizen Kane here, folks, but like um, you know, <laughs> solid nine point two. It's not as good as Black Widow for me, uh, and that's kind of where I think our comparison is. It's a lot better than Space Jam for me, uh, which I just thought was terrible. Um, so yeah, solid 7.2. Like see, like I said, the CG is the one thing that really bothers me because like I went back and watched Pirates of the Caribbean today uh, while I was working. Um, and, and that CG still holds up. I watched uh, uh, it Dead Man's up Chest very well. and, and the fish, the fish people, like they call them, uh, that CG mm-hmm. still holds up like, and, and they're doing similar yeah. things with these villains. And, and sometimes the CG just got a little wonky for me. Um, and that, yeah. that kind of deducted. See, I, I ran so. in. Yeah. I ran into that issue with, um, one of the sidekicks, yeah. you know, we get, we get a, uh, a feline sidekick along the way in the story. I won't give away too much. Um, but I get, I ran into that issue with, uh, yeah, that but, character, which kind of sucked because it was a cool character. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, the character was fine again, just some wonky CG, nothing to, nothing to get too right. upset about solid 7.2. If you've got kids, definitely see it. Um, you know, it's a good kids movie and, and I think most adults will have fun with it. The, the puns are great. I did it. it there weren't as many puns mm-hmm. as I thought, uh, but there were some yeah. good, they were kind they of front were, heavy. They were. And, and, and I, like you said, I love the, the nods to the ride, uh, backside of water, yeah. huge, um, love that. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and honestly, yeah. like I was a little surprised at how, how it did, um, in terms of financial, yeah. right. We've got a little bit of a breakdown mm-hmm. here on the first a week or weekend or so that it opened we've 32 million and it's got an interesting right. breakdown. So you got 34 million domestically, uh, 30 million. That's in the, that's in the, yeah, that's in the that's, box. Yeah. Office. That's box office. Another 30 million in, uh, in on Disney plus premier access, which tracks cause they've got a couple million, uh, subscribers now. So each, but everybody paying 30 bucks, right. that's, that's going to run them up. And then 27.6 million yep. internationally. Uh, so doing, scary quick lawyer math that's about 90 million uh and some change or it's like mm-hmm. 80 some million and some change almost 90 million um right. and so does pretty well but this, this this in this new era of covid and entertainment um this is going to lead to some interesting discussions because the rock uh and we'll talk about this here in a minute and we'll just kind of swing in like swing this into our next discussion yep. but uh m- most of you have seen at this point that scarlett johansson is suing disney uh, for 
basically what she claims is a breach of contract uh, and damages related to Black Widow releasing on Premiere Access and in theaters at the same time right. instead of just opening in theaters. Um, you know, similar issue potentially here with uh, Jungle Cruise. The Rock has already said that he's not going to pursue legal action against Disney. Um, so take that. I mean, again, you can say whatever you want until the lawyers get involved. Well, I think I think with him, there is some credence to that because he is so in bed with them. Oh yeah, elsewhere too. Well, but so is Scarlett Johansson. Um, he's producing. Though. Right, he's producing the uh, the ride in behind the rides. Yes, yeah, behind show the attraction on yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah behind yeah. the attraction. Yeah, he he's producing that. You know, I I I would you would think that the most high profile actor in the world right now, which he is sure. right now. No debate has probably got that locked down. Yeah. yeah I mean, but so I, yeah, let's, let's, I guess we can swing it back into the Scarlett Johansson news. Right. Uh, so essentially yeah. what we know is she made roughly $20 million, uh, from, from, oh, from black widow. Yeah. Um, and then from what I can tell, she had some kind of contingent arrangement where she would make a percentage of whatever the movie made at the box office. And that's typical. Robert Downey mm-hmm. Jr. had that. He made $50 million off Avengers, I think, and $150 million yeah. off Infinity War or something crazy, right? Um, right. Yeah. And so essentially what Scarlett Johansson is doing is saying, well, and I'm going to try to break it down in non-lawyer terms for, for the non-lawyers out there. And I'm no longer a lawyer, um, so I'm not giving legal advice here. I'm just going to throw that disclaimer out there. But <laughs> Based on what I'm reading, essentially she's arguing that if the movie would have released only in theaters, she would have made more money. Um, somewhere in the neighborhood of $50 million is what she's saying. Uh, and and therefore she claims that she's entitled to damages. Now, the interesting part about this whole thing, for me, as, as a former attorney, I, th- I think there's a couple things to look at here. One, when you're a major... So one, I guess right off the jump, Disney is notorious, notoriously litigious. Uh, they, they yes. sue everyone for copyright. They are a very litigious company. They've got a bunch of, uh, IP that they try to protect and they, and they do protect it. They are very, and they, they are very yes. much, uh, they, they've got good lawyers, uh, both internally and externally. And, and they are not mm-hmm. afraid to go after people. Um, that said, the difficulty that most folks have in, in these tort type, and this is what this would be, it'd be a breach of contract. You've got to show damages, right? So I'm sure mm-hmm. if I were counsel for Disney or, you know, whatever, the reason you don't pay Scarlett Johansson out is because you're saying you've got to prove to us that you have been damaged in some way. And we're going to point back to the fact that right. we paid you a butt ton of money already. Um, and she probably, you know, whatever. Now, what I will say, most in-house operations, especially something as big, and Warner Brothers did this with um, Gail Godot and Chris Prime yes. and, and some of the And Patty exactly. Jenkins. Yeah. They cut them a check a big to avoid check. this situation. And it's very surprising to me that Disney hasn't done the same thing because immediately right. after ScarJo announces that she's suing Emma stone comes out and says, well, I'm thinking about it too for Cruella. And 
most of the time you pay these people off in like hush money so that yep. that crap doesn't snowball into something worse. And that's, and Disney's got the money. They, to do they that. certainly do. Um, well, in the other part of that, that I've read um, coming from her lawyer is that they're claiming that her contract stipulated a theatrical only release. Right. But the, 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 the trick here is right. Uh, and I haven't seen the contract, so I don't know. Right. But most contracts have what's called a force majeure clause. And essentially it's an out that says, well, we're not responsible if by some, you know, natural disaster or something act of God. Right. Yeah. And that's where you come in and say, ah, COVID act of God. We don't owe you Jack diddly squat. Um, right. And again, not seeing the contract, I don't know, but that's typically, you know, in these contracts, you'll see that. Um, so I would imagine that's what they're, and you never know, maybe the, with the rock being the mega, mega, mega star that he is, he might've got all his money up front. That's true. He might not have had back in because he was paid so damn much to begin. Yeah. I think really for me, and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I think ultimately, so one of the, one of the other things that, you know, I think one of the other reasons that you file a lawsuit, if you're ScarJo's lawyers, and this is just me like thinking if I was, you know, their, her lawyer, right. Mm -hmm. Um, is once you file a lawsuit, you can take formal discovery. And one of the things you can do and ask for in discovery is say, well, let me see an analysis of your decision to release black widow on premier access versus a theatrical release. Right. So like, Cause you know, they that had to do that it. analysis. Exists. They had to do it right. There's yeah. no way they put the movie on premier access. If they don't look at it and say, financially, it makes more sense for us to put the movie on premier access. And that's where Disney, I think mm-hmm. you get into to some issue if that comes out. And then what will ultimately happen, this will get settled out of court and we'll never hear anything about it. Right. Whatever. Most likely. Well, there is a, there, there are some new wrinkles to that. Though, yeah. And, and this with, is a bigger concern. Um, the, with Mr. Kevin Feige himself, you know, the, the, uh, the, the Marvel God, if you will, right now, the man, uh, the man behind it all is reportedly. And I want to stress that reportedly, we do not know this for sure, but everyone is reporting this, that he is very unhappy with the higher ups at Disney for this decision. And, and that goes even beyond that Kevin he is, Feige. That he, and, 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 I mean, w- and I've seen the quotes of, uh, you know, they, they always, they've been putting in quotation the word embarrassed yep. as well. And, and this, and, and like it's the, not just Kevin you, Feige, yeah. it's Bob Iger, who, for those of you who don't know, Bob Iger uh, was the president and CEO of Disney. He is no longer the president and CEO of mm-hmm. Disney. It is Bob Chappick. I think it's Bob. Correct me if I'm wrong. Iger was the mastermind behind buying Marvel. So Bob, so Bob Iger and, and don't, and don't, Star yeah, Wars, don't quote say. me on this, but my memory is that he had two terms as Disney's president and CEO. He had one early mm-hmm. and then they, 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 they pushed him out. They hired in another guy that I'm the name's blanking on. And he basically almost ran it into the ground and then they brought him Iger back in and Iger was the one that was responsible for buying star Wars, buying Marvel. And I think he was also responsible for Pixar because if memory serves, him and Steve Jobs created. He was involved in the creation yes. of Pixar with he was Jobs, involved, yeah. and that was what led. And at the time, they were yeah, just partners. I think, I think that's right basically. because there was an issue 
with something with Apple where they wanted to get, I think Disney tried to get mm-hmm. into the rights with Apple, but there was a, the, the preexisting relationship between jobs and Iger prevented that. Um, again, don't quote me yes. on that. That's, that's just my off the top of my head, but Bob Iger still on the board of Disney from what I remember. And I, I don't think I've seen that. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a board member that let me, let me just throw this out there. It ain't happening under Bob Iger's watch. This is this situation never happens no. if Bob Iger this this lawsuit never no, gets filed because the the check is cut and it's a done deal. Because again, like we talked mm-hmm. about, Scarlett Johansson is I think what producing and and, and starring in well was uh, a Tower of Terror movie for Disney, which we'll see how that mm-hmm. goes now. If she doesn't get her money, no. that's not happening. Um, and 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 just to go off, I guess on a little tangent, this is. I think a broader concern because Bob Chappick has made some very financially centric decisions for Disney, not only in the entertainment, yes. inter- entertainment space, but in the park space as well. Yep. That have caused some serious Bingo. issues with fans. Uh, he got rid of mm-hmm. uh, annual passes at Disneyland um, because they thought they were yep. losing too much money on it. That pissed a lot of people off. Um, the rumor is that's coming to that's world, coming as, to well. world as well. Allegedly, I, I think fast passes are allegedly are probably a thing of the past. Uh, just doing some things that, again, he was um, vice president of the parks before he came over, but he's always mm-hmm. been a financial guy, from what I understand, and that's kind yes. of been his focus ever since he became president and CEO. And he's making money, but um, mm-hmm. whereas Bob Iger. You can say what you want about him, it, guys. He he gets paid fifty million dollars a year or some stupid thing. Like mm-hmm. he he's not some poor non financial guy. But Bob exactly. did have a exactly. good feel for like guest experience and you know entertainment experience, where I think right. that has kind of gone away a little bit. And and I'm a little concerned long term what we're looking at here. Um, but yeah, I I don't want to spend too much time on that. I think. Ultimately, what right. I think is going to happen yeah. here is they're going to cut a check because uh, you can't have that kind of bad press. Because if you if you piss somebody off like ScarJo, a lot of your big name talent is going to be very weary. And if you're pissing off the Golden yep. Horse at Marvel, that's a bigger problem. Because not only is he in that's Star or Marvel, yeah. but he's moving over to Star Wars to create a movie too. And you cannot piss Kevin Feige off exactly. So. I hope nope. this gets resolved soon. And, you know, there's there's a lot of exactly there's a lot of unknowns here still, so it's hard to talk about it too much. But like you said, I think I think this will get resolved. Yeah, just quickly. that's a little lawyer one hundred and one for uh, everyone out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of stuff that goes right over Ian's head. <laughs> but speaking of Scar Joe, but uh, yes, we have some news related to What If, which premieres next week. Um, It'll be a week mm-hmm. and a day from when this uh, episode of the podcast released. Um, and shocking to everyone out there after hearing that, Scar Jo is not reprising her role as uh, the Black Widow in What If, uh, as, as a voice actor. But she's not the only right. one. Um, so to Ian's point, we know Scar Jo is not back. We know Chris Evans is not back. We know Robert Downey Jr. is not reprising his role as Iron Man and Tom Holland uh, is not reprising his role as Spider-Man. Uh, but we do have right. what I think are uh, some good gets and then uh, some other surprising cast uh, members returning. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Ian, what what, do you, what are your thoughts on these couple 
uh, additions and some of the, the weird ones out there. Well, you got to look at it. So the, the big, the big ones here. Um, and I mean, the other big one I think is a little bit different than these two. Um, but Cumberbatch and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Don Cheadle coming back. Um, I think those are your two highlights there. Um, I think that's interesting based off of what I think the show is going to be. Um, because I, th- I think you're going to see that Cumberbatch is in this show because I do believe at, at some level this plays into multiverse 100%. madness. Um, and then also with Don Cheadle, he does have armor wars coming. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, a lot of these people who are coming back, they have a future, which is makes the Hall, the Tom Holland part interesting that he's not in it. Cause it would seem weird. You know, he based off of what you see of him, I don't think he would say no. You wouldn't think that he would say no. Maybe it was a scheduling issue. You never know with these things. Um, you- but we also have Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, that's in all. Here. That's a hurt. And, you know, this is going to be the last time we hear him as T'Challa. You know, we know he's not the Black Panther in this. He's uh, Star-Lord. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be really hard. But he is not. Those, those three aren't the only returning people. Um, we've got some other minor characters coming back. That's interesting. But I think it, those, those still, some of them, play into the fact that there are things coming. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause some of these people, I wouldn't have expected their characters to even appear in what if, and so right. like how much mm-hmm. they're actually going to be in it is, is a little weird. Uh, but we've got GSP. Mm-hmm. So George St. Pierre is back mm-hmm. um, as Batrog the leaper. We saw him briefly in Falcon, the winter soldier. Uh, and, and, and yep. uh, we saw him in Captain America, the winter soldier. Um, so he's back to voice his character. Uh, Kurt Russell is back uh, to voice ego, which is an interesting development. I think, uh, Clark Gregg who listen guys like shout out to my homies over at agents of shield. One of the most underappreciated Marvel properties. I will go to die. Agreed. All of them. Um, so he's back as agent Colson. That's my guy. Uh, I'm glad to have him back. Uh, Frank Grillo as crossbones. Um, last time we saw him, mm-hmm. he was getting blown to smithereens and, and Lagos, Nigeria. Yep. So I guess he's back from the dead. Uh, Natalie Portman. I think the next yeah. two. Yeah. So Natalie Portman's interesting, right? I don't, this is weird because we, we know that party Thor is making an appearance and based mm-hmm. on some of the set photos, you could kind of see that in love and thunder, kind of that character vibe. So right. I don't know if this is going to be a direct tie in the love and thunder, or if she's just going to be another minor character, mm-hmm. um, in the show, but like, right. man, you can't have a star power like Natalie Portman come in and be nothing. Um, so exactly. I, I hope she's more than, I mean, that. that's a big get for an hundred show. A hundred percent. And as well as our next Rachel one. McAdams. Um, I thought Rachel McAdams was great in her role, but I thought she was I, just egregiously under underutilized in Dr. Strange. Right. And I always thought it would set up 100%. more for her to be the night nurse uh, later down the road. And I'm, I'm hoping this is kind of where this mm-hmm. goes um, and she gets a larger role because we do know that Benedict Cumberbatch and, and Dr. Strange is going to be a big part of this. And it kind of ties into the next news with, with Captain Carter um, who's pay, played by Peggy Atwell. Um, and, and I right. think, 
I think I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Captain Carter is the main character of what if. Um, yes, I have to agree. And it's, and I, I know, I know what you're saying. Hey, we're going to say it's Haley. Atwell. Oh, what did I say? Uh, Pe- you said, Pe- oh, you said Peggy. Well, see, Atwell, there you go. Which I love because it is Peggy yeah, Carter. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, yes, I think that's what they should have made <laughs> as what if, you know, it's uh Peggy. See, there you go. But yeah, I think, and, and that one's, that one's going to be interesting. And I think that's, Part of my belief that this show plays into Multiverse of Madness, we've got the it's and I want to stress the word rumor here because it is just a rumor. Um, But there is a rumor out there floating in the abyss that Haley Atwell will appear as Captain Carter in Multiverse of Madness in some capacity. Um, Now, number one, this could be completely false. Uh, but num- and number two, it could be a split second thing as they're going through the multiverse. Right. But what know. we do see in the the new What If trailer is Captain Carter directly engaging with some form of dark sorcerer supreme Stephen Strange, and it would be very right. interesting for that to tie in in terms of a multiverse. Um, and I, and I think it's a natural tie in. So. Uh, and, and the other reason I think she's going to be the main character is it's been announced that she will return, uh, as captain Carter in all future seasons of what if, um, mm-hmm. and so I think the story is really going to build around, uh, Haley Atwell and around Peggy her. Carter and yeah. honestly like good. Um, uh, exactly. Yeah. Agent Carter was a fantastic show, but, uh, and, and, you know, not only wasn't a fantastic show, but she was great. Every time we've seen her, and she, you know, she's always been great. Um, and I think to add credence to the rumor um, is the fact that we've got some uh, toy leaks. And you know, it is funny. A lot of this, a lot of these spoilers come from these ridiculous toy leaks. Um, but we've got the some of the, a couple pop figures that were announced for Multiverse of Madness that are two different versions of Doctor Strange. Yep. Um, I can't, I'm blanking on the other one, but one of them, it's specifically the defender version of Dr. Strange. As we know in the comics, he is one of the original defenders, not the defenders as we know them from the Netflix team. Um, but so, so I think there is going to be some connection there and I, and I would hope because I love Haley Atwell. Um, I would hope that that includes Captain Carter in some way. Yeah. So l- let me ask you, Ian, are you at all, concerned or are, are you going to be taken aback by seeing, you know, a, a zombie Captain America, not voiced by Chris Evans or, uh, you know, if, if RDJ weren't to voice an, an Iron Man in the what if show, are you, are you concerned at all? Because this is, this is a part of the MCU. Um, and so there right. is some connectivity threads and that's why you see a lot of these folks coming back as voice actors. I mean, my perspective is I'm not sure that I care all that much. But I know yeah, some people may. I don't think I do either. Yeah. Some people may be bothered I, by it, but I, I think I'm okay. I with mean, it. the big the the biggest voice I'm looking forward to is Jeffrey Wright himself. Anyway, yeah, hundred percent. Yep, I, yeah, I love that guy. And I would love to see Uatu um, in live action as well. So Marvel, please uh, make that happen. Maybe, maybe. I was I was hoping you would that that is exactly what you would say when I said that. You know, the, the, there is. There, there is hope on that. Maybe <laughs> um, we won't dive into that. That's still just a rumor. <laughs> but 
we do have moving on from what if we do have some more news in uh, the Disney, the Disney plus of it all. Um, we <laughs> finally have a date for Hawkeye. Uh, if you look online, Reddit, anywhere, nobody likes Hawkeye for some reason. Uh, they think he's the worst Avenger. I love Hawkeye. I've loved him in the comics for a long time. He's one of my favorite Avengers. And not only that, not only do I love Clint Barton, but I absolutely love Kate Bishop. I think she is one of the coolest characters Marvel's ever created. So I am very excited to say that Hawkeye is going to debut on November 24th. Um, And I'm sure Tanner probably agrees. I can't wait for November 24th. Yeah, I think the the one thing that's a little so let me back up first. Hawkeye is not the worst Avenger. Hulk, objectively speaking, is the worst Avenger. Okay, like <laughs> I'm a huge Hulk fan, but like half of Age of Ultron is Hulk's fault, right? Like, right. The the only reason the Helicarrier is going down is because Hulk's an idiot. Like, yep. Hulk has a superpower that he just gets angry and destroys things. Like, objectively speaking. He's the worst. Like <laughs> I love him, but like, let's, let's be honest about it. Okay. Like and Hawkeye, Hawkeye's killed him before in the comics. Right. So yeah. So it was black widow that. in case, you know, anybody, you know, <laughs> everybody kills Hulk because you know, why not? But uh, yeah, I'm excited for Hawkeye. I think, you know, I think this will be a chance for Jeremy Renner to really give more to the role that he's kind of been relegated uh, a little bit, especially when you've got the star yeah. power that you've had and everything that he's been in. I mean, he's really never had like even ScarJo had, uh, you know, the Winter Soldier where she kind of got to play one on one with uh, Chris Evans a little bit right. and got to expand that character in that. And even Iron Man too, right? I mean, she's really the only compliment because Don Cheadle doesn't really come in until like late, late in that movie. Right. Um, so she got to expand on that character where I think Jeremy Renner's always kind of been like relegated to like some comedic relief or like a, a nice plug here and there. So. Uh, I, I'm excited yeah. for him to get to play with a little bit. I think uh, we know that. Well, I don't know that we know, but it, there's rumors that he may uh, be going deaf or or uh, be deaf uh, in this version of of in the I show. Would love that. Yeah, and I think it's time. I think uh, you know it would be a good representation, yeah, and and I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, we're we, getting a nice yeah. uh, nice appearance from the. From the lovely Labrador as well. Yeah, yeah. Lucky the lucky the dog. So lucky. That's great. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing that is a little weird to me is uh, not too long ago, Victoria Alonso, who is one of the higher yep. ups at, at Marvel, uh, probably what probably number two, right? Yeah, I, I don't remember if it's her or Louis D'Esposito. De, um, yeah, they're they're usually right there together. I think she might be second in command. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she, I mean, at the very least, she's sitting at the high yeah, table. Yeah, she she hangs out with Kevin Feige on the regular. So if she wants to trade yes. jobs, let us know. Um, but she and I think this is on a, an investor call or 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 some kind of like yeah interview or something. She I can't said exactly where it was. Right, she said that both Hawkeye and Miss Marvel are releasing on Disney Plus in 2021. Um, mm-hmm. If you naturally take Hawkeye. So we assume that it's six episodes. Uh, we mm-hmm. assume that it's going to run weekly from November 24th on that puts it uh, ending in January, uh, which would contradict that statement and put Miss Marvel in 2022. Unless mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, 
and, unless they release it somewhere. first. I but yeah. I saw a report today that I saw the same report. Yeah, it's a rumor. So I, I you know, but a comic book was dot uh, com sent it out too. So I, I think at this point we can assume that Miss Marvel is not going to release until twenty two, and I think that probably makes sense. Well, they did. They did the same thing with WandaVision. Yeah. Right. They originally had said over and over and over again that it was going to premiere um, in 2020, and it ended up being moved just into 21. Yeah, and and Victoria Alonso could have. I mean, anything could have happened. I'm sure she wasn't trying to yeah. mislead anybody. She, you know, she's always been right. pretty awesome. And and. And and keeping us up to date, so I'm not that worried if it's 2022. I think whatever. the main the main takeaway here is that we are going to have weekly Marvel content for a hot minute, a while, a while. Speaking of a bunch of Marvel content, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden my TV is overrun with uh, Shang Chi trailers and teasers and TV spots, featurettes, and, and yeah, yeah, they are pushing and pushing and pushing, and I'm excited. Uh, but what I'll say is they, they give you a little bit each time, but it's mostly just a replay of the images, uh, that we've I already seen agree. and I, I dig it. I don't want to know. I think this movie is going to be Bingo. crazy. It's going to be off the wall. It's going to be mystical and new. And I, and mm-hmm. I want to experience it for the first time. So yeah, if, if they don't want to, if they don't show me anything new from here on out, I'll be perfectly happy. I'd love, I want to just go into that movie theater and take it all in for the very first time. Agreed. Uh, what they've shown me is enough. I'm sold. I was sold from the beginning anyway, but I am sold on this movie. I'm sold on Simu and the whole cast. I think this movie is going to be great. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. All they need to do for Ian and I is give us a date and a title and we'll go see it. But uh, I've liked what I've, I've liked what I've seen yep. so far. So uh, they could, they could, they don't even have to give me a title. They could just say <laughs> debuting on this date is Marvel project. Number, whatever <laughs> untitled Marvel movie. movie right there. <laughs> Yep. yep. I'll be right there. Like it. So we got a little more Marvel news. Well, we got a couple, a few more uh, Marvel stories for us. Um, but we got, a, and we don't like to talk about these too much, but it is pretty telling this particular um, set photo. I know we, like we said, we don't like to talk about it a lot because you can't really be sure exactly what's going on, but we got, a set photo, a very first set photo from Black Panther. I think there was a video along with it. Yeah, there was a video um, first, and then we got this, this photo. Yeah, right. Um, and it's showing a giant pool, a giant tank of water. Yeah, and that they were filming in the water. And for a lot of people following Black Panther two or uh, Wakanda Forever, as it is now called. Um, Following the rumors, you'll know that Namor has been rumored for this movie for a long time. Yep. And for those of you who don't know about him contractually, he has to, if we, if he is to show up anywhere, he has to show up in somebody else's movie, much in the way that Hulk does. Uh, because yeah, it's exactly the same his, as Hulk. Yep. Because of his. Uh, rights being with Universal, yep. just like the Hulks are. Um, so the Hulk can appear in She-Hulk, but cannot appear in his own movie without Universal being along for that ride. And the same goes with Namor. And for the longest time, he has been rumored to be in Black Panther 2. But that's not the only Namor rumor out there. 
I don't think. Yeah, no. So, uh, well, I guess to back up, part of the reason that Namor is rumored even more so in, in Black Panther 2 is because Tina Huerta has been cast in uh, Wakanda Forever in an unspecified mm-hmm. role. Um, and a lot of people are speculating that he is been ca- has been cast as Namor. Um, this makes sense because in the comics, uh, I, you know, I have a bunch of the old uh, Black Panther runs. This is kind of where I got my comic start mm-hmm. is, is a lot in the old uh, Black Panther runs. Namor and Black Panther do not get along. Wakanda and Atlantis do not no. get along. Um, no, they do not. And with T'Challa being gone, this is a perfect opportunity for Atlantis to make a power play. Um, and Absolutely. and I can see that being very well being the storyline here. Uh, but there's also been rumors that a, another uh, Latin uh, actress has been in talks. Um, I don't, maybe, maybe the rumor is that she's been cast as name, Namora, um, who is a Namor's cousin uh, in the comics. Mm-hmm. And so the, the trend of hiring two Hispanic uh, or Latin uh, actor and actresses kind of fits with, the Atlantean setting up a Atlantean vibe um, and would make sense in an otherwise um, predominantly African or African American cast that will, you know, comprise uh, Wakanda forever, similar to what we saw in, in, in the first film. Right. I mean, there was, I think there was literally only yeah. like three white guys uh, in, in that entire mm-hmm. movie, which would, which is refreshing, was refreshing for me. Um, yes. And so, yeah, I mean, again, we don't like to talk about rumors. He has not been cast as Namor or named Namor, but you know, the writing I think here is on the wall. And and I'll be honest, mm-hmm. like I think it's the perfect fit for Wakanda Forever, um, and it will be really sweet to see a, a Wakandan versus Atlantean war uh, on the big screen. Well, yeah, I mean, and it, you know, it's tragic to talk about, but you know, how does a country? or a, a, a place like Wakanda defend itself against the technologically advanced Atlantis without its leader. Well, and, and just remember folks like uh, in the comics, and I don't know if they'll do this, but even in the movie, there will be some reservations of making Shuri the, the leader and the black Panther. Um, you mm-hmm. know, M'Baku has made it very clear what he thinks of her. Um, you know, in the comics, there has always been some trepidation of having a woman on the throne of Wakanda. Um, and there's even Even been trepidation of having T'Challa on the throne because in the comics, he's shipped off to boarding school in London. And then they think he's an outsider. Um, and, 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 and so there is a lot of strife, I think that will come with, uh, Chadwick no longer being, uh, T'Challa and T'Challa being presumably gone because he's not being recast. So, um, right. this, this sets up for a perfect, well, even in the, yeah, even in the comics, you know, the Panther gods or the past Panthers, uh, they don't accept Shuri yep. as their black Panther. So it could lead to a lot of interesting storylines. Um, yeah, I think it also could be interesting, you know, being that they're cousins, if Shuri and Namora end up being, you know, friends or something like that, it could add an interesting wrinkle. Um, but you know, being the way that that contract is set up, um, there are only two logical ways to put include Namor, and I think now is time for Namor. You know, we're introducing new characters. He's one of the mo- the biggest names that hasn't been introduced, and there are only two real places to do that. And one, it's either Black Panther or Fantastic Four. 
And I think Fantastic Four is going to be too jam-packed to begin with for Namor to be set up there. Um, so I think we're going to see. I, I think it is just a rumor, and we'll say that over and over. It's just a rumor, but I think um, it would be a pretty good bet to say that Namor will be in this movie. Yep, 100%. But that's uh, not the last Marvel news. Um, two more, hopefully. Head into another, <laughs> yeah, two more. We're going to head into another medium and then another universe of, <laughs> of the, of Marvel. Um, today, um, just before we started uh, recording a rumor dropped about a new Marvel game from 2k games. Um, 2k famously makes Grand Theft Auto um, publishes Grand Theft Auto. And they also make uh, XCOM for any of you uh, that are strategy fans. And supposedly um this game will be in the the same vein as XCOM. It'll be a strategy-based game. Um, it was rumored very heavily to be announced at E3 um, just two months ago, just you know a month and a half ago, uh, but that didn't happen. Um, and today, like I said, Logan Moore from ComicBook.com reported that this reveal could happen this month. Supposedly, 2K Games is preparing a uh, an online. Uh, conference, I guess you could call it, um, where they talk about a few things that they're working on, and supposedly this new Marvel game is part of that. So, if you're into video games and you're into Marvel, that could be something to look out for this month. Yeah, I'm um, know, interested to see what it is. Uh, you know, it's got the Marvel name attached to it. I will at least give it a try. I'll at least give it a look. Yeah, I mean, I played exactly. Avengers for a little bit. I, I need to finish it. it. It, the repetitiveness of it, kind of yeah. killed it for me, but. We'll, we'll talk about that in a later episode. We'll <laughs> right. talk about it. We'll talk about that Avengers game for sure. Uh, the other big news from today, um, you know, Sunday was Spider-Man day. We didn't get the no way home trailer. I was going to do another trailer watch, but we did get a trailer in the Sony in, in the Spider-Man verse. Just not the one we wanted. Um, <laughs> right. Sorry. Sorry. I all you carnage and venom fans out there. Um, let's be honest. You wanted the no way home trailer too, but we got the Venom, yep. Let There Be Carnage, second trailer. Uh, I have thoughts. I, you know, Carnage looks great. Uh, my problem with the trailer was I don't know that this movie can decide what it wants to be. Exactly. Um, it's still the quippy, goofy Venom versus this weird, you know, sadistic version of Carnage, which I think that's what it needs to be. But the movie, to me, and and one of the reasons I thought they brought in Andy Serkis, I thought this movie was going to be a lot more gritty, a lot darker, um, yep. very much on, like on the edge, and it like very much an R-rated movie uh, mm-hmm. to communicate what Carnage is. And the other thing that I'm struggling with, Woody Harrelson is just not convincing me yet, and maybe he'll pull it off in the movie. But um, I'll say that a lot of I've seen a lot of people that really love this trailer. I positives. I thought Carnage looks great. Um, I was a little worried about Carnage in the first trailer. I think this one I agree. made it look a lot better. But uh, I, and and now listen, guys, I freaking love Venom. Like, I, it, yeah. I think it's a dumb movie, but I like it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I am concerned about this movie, and I don't. This trailer didn't get me as excited as like the Shang Chi trailer did. Um, I put this on like Eternals level. Like, yeah, like we'll see, we'll see. I uh, see. I see. And I'm 
I don't disagree with you. I have it even. I mean, I'm much more excited for Eternals. I am too, but um, like the trailer for yeah, Eternals is kind of like bland and yeah, yeah. But um, I I don't you know, and I I agree with Tanner along the lines of you know, I I enjoyed Venom much more than I thought I was going to yeah. the, the first Venom movie, um, but I did not enjoy this trailer at all. Um, like Tanner said, this the it seems that this movie is dealing with an identity crisis. Um, you know, if this is what you were looking for and this is what you, uh, and you enjoyed this trailer, you know, I've seen a lot of reactions of people, you know, like, just like Tanner said, that do like this trailer. Um, I'm happy for those people. Um, but this, this trailer did absolutely nothing for me. I do not enjoy what looks like a weird origin for carnage. Um, reverse Spider-Man taking, yes. Um, (laughs) I think they're taking the the humor, which I thought was a surprising positive of the first movie, um, at least from the trailer. And maybe all the humor is in the trailer and the movie is a little more evened out. But it seems like they're making this more of a comedy. Um, and that doesn't fit with what I know Carnage and Carnage storylines to be in the comics. It just doesn't. You know, Cletus Cassidy is a darkly humorous character and he always has been you know he's going to make some quip before he absolutely brutalizes somebody um but it's but Cletus it's, it's not Venom at. yeah it's not Venom right um so the whole being scared of Carnage because he's a red one like that that, that fell flat for me yeah um you know some of the Mrs. Chen jokes in the first trailer I thought were funny uh but you know uh I don't know I'm still going to, I will see this movie. Obviously um, I'm invested. I enjoyed the first one, but I have no hope. Um, I, I, I will say I have maybe a little more hope than Tanner that Woody Harrelson might pull it off somehow. Um, but if this trailer is in the indication, I don't think so. And I, I definitely think that shriek will be a wasted character, yeah. which is, um, which is, which really sucks because, uh, that act, the actress that portrays her, Naomi Harris, um, she's an incredible actress, um, and I, I I just think that that character is going to get wasted. Um, yeah, and and the thing of it is, like, I really want this movie to succeed because, and it, it's kind of surprising to me too because generally speaking, Sony has been in the Warner Brothers camp where they've given us good trailers and crap movies. So if this is the mm-hmm. inverse where they're going to be a crap trailer yeah. and a great movie, great, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. But like, even the Morbius trailer, like. I know people might not remember that that movie is still like out in the ether somewhere. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the dumbest movie in the history of ever. And I saw that trailer and I yeah. cannot wait for that movie. Like it looks great. Oh, I am hundred percent. I am infinitely more excited for Morbius yeah. than I am for this. movie, And that's crazy because like basically all I want in life is to see Spider-Man and Venom fight carnage together. Well, I mean, and even if it is PG 13, Morbius looks like, the tone of a, of Morbius in the comics, yeah. you know, even if it is PG 13, it still looks like a quasi horror movie. Yep. And that's what carnage that those, those same vibes is what carnage should get off. And it doesn't. Yep. So from, so like I said, I mean, if, if you were excited by this trailer, I'm happy for you, but it doesn't, doesn't work for me. Yeah. So hopefully from us being wrong about uh, venom two being not so good, uh, we were also wrong uh, on what we hope to see out of out of Batgirl, 
Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Ian, want to, want to give us the update on uh, how we're dumb? You know, we, you know, I, yeah, I will say we were dumb, but this deep down in my heart is kind of what I wanted. I think. <laughs> um, so reports are that JK Simmons is in talks to return as commissioner Gordon in Batgirl. So for all intents and purposes, we will see, we would see JK Simmons play Leslie Grace's father, uh, Barbara's father in the movie, which places this firmly within the DCEU, which ties back to kind of what I was saying earlier about Harley Quinn. You know, this makes my dreams a little bit closer to reality. I want to see more birds of prey and Harley could be a part of that. Um, But I, 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 desperately want to see Batgirl after she's established on her own. I want to see her fighting with the Huntress and with the Black Canary and Detective Montoya. And 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 I'll say I'll I'll take the blame for being the dumb one. Ian did kind of say that uh in our in our last lead up. I think he was more inclined to have her in the Batfleck universe where I had had kind of put her in the Jeffrey Wright universe. You, you know, it, yeah, it, it, it's what I wanted, but it wasn't what I was expecting yeah. to happen. So I'll take the L on that one. I kind of wanted her to be with Jeffrey Wright because really I kind of wanted to wash my hands clean of some of the DCEU stuff that was going on and start over yeah. with Battinson because I, of the movies, like if I had to give up all other movies to only see one, I want to see Matt Reeves as the Batman more than anything else that's coming up I would, uh, on the slate. I would tend so, to agree with you. Um, but that's not the only non-Marvel. And I, guys, I know we've given you a lot on Marvel news, but they're the ones giving me news right now and giving us news. And so we're just reporting mm-hmm. what we got. Um, but we did get. But we've got we've got quite yeah. a few stories here to end the day without without. Yeah. Marvel. So screw you, Marvel. No, I'm just kidding. I, we love you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we we got some a, a bit of surprising news because this has been out in the ether forever. Um, Amazon's the Lord of the Rings series, uh, had wrapped, has wrapped, uh, filming today. Uh, and they released a new image and I'll put that on Twitter, uh, or, re- or quote the tweet and put it on. So if people can see it, if you want to, yeah. or, you know, um, we'll put it out there for you. Um, and they announced that that series will premiere on Amazon on September 2nd, uh, 2022. So we're still about a year or so away. Um, which kind of sucks because I feel like that movie's been or that show's been filming forever. It's really expensive, um, and hopefully it's good. Uh, I think basically all we know is this is going to follow like a young Aragon when he is uh, one of the Rangers, uh, when he's still like a young Ranger in that in that group, uh, and that's basically all I rem- like know of it. So uh, I love Lord of the Rings, um, so I will 100% watch this. It sucks that we have to wait so long, but good to, good to have a, an update. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lord of the Rings. You know, I've read the the trilogy. Well, as as a single book, but I've read the Lord of the Rings more than once, and I've read the Hobbit dozens of times. They're, they, Tolkien is my favorite author. Uh, well, one of my favorite authors. I don't know if he's exactly my favorite. You know, those movies are three of the greatest films ever made. Um, I should be excited by this news, but I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah. This thing has been in the works for so damn long. And to tell me that I've got to wait another year just pisses me off right along the line. And, and, and on top of that, I think the chips are set for this to not be Agreed. good. And it makes me terrified and pissed off at 
you know, just as terrified as it does. Let's, me Cause let's be honest, guys, because, the Hobbits, the Hobbit movies, you know, not that good. Right. And, and even those notwithstanding, they've put so much money into this, so much hype into this, the controversy about whether there'll be nudity or not. You know, there's so many things, you know, they've reached, they reshot parts of it. Uh, you know, just every piece of news just builds on itself that this is to me, not going to be good. I hope more than life itself that I'm wrong about this. I love Lord of the Rings so damn much. I hope that this is the best thing I've ever seen besides the original trilogy, but for all intents, like for everything, I, this, this falls in the lines of the game of Thrones prequels. I don't care. It's not even that I don't care. I care so much that I'm so mad about. Yeah, see, this. like I care about this. I don't care about the Game of Thrones prequels at all. They, well, yes, they I don't piss care about me off. But like, I, I just mm-hmm. think like it's just like in, in terms of being set yeah. up to fail. You're I think right. You're that, right. that they're very similar. I, well, I just the the only hope you have, Ian, is uh, Jeffrey Bezos continues to have to pay for his male genitalia shaped rockets. So maybe he'll make sure that this you is. Know, uh, uh, a good show, but I, I'm with you. I, I'm 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 very you know, concerned, and, and, but we'll see. And on the on the bright side here, Amazon has it missed lately. Uh, the Boys is incredible. Invincible was fantastic. Yep. Even some um, of their movies have been good. You know, some of the movies have been pretty pretty good. You know, um, the Chris Pratt one, the Tomorrow why am I War. Blanking on that, it's brand new. <laughs> the Tomorrow War. Good. While it didn't get great reviews, apparently it did very well for them. You know, so that is a hit for them. I watched it. Um, some of their other shows. Okay. Yeah. Some of their other shows are pretty excellent as well. Um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is a fantastic show. Uh, not really part of our of our central topics here, but, you know, it is a fantastic show. Um, the uh, Jack Ryan show was pretty good as well. You know, they, they, they do have a pedigree for making solid content, but I just, I don't know. I have zero hope. This for This is really the first big um, like property though, that they've taken a yes. shot. I mean, the boys, and, and the boys know, was if, probably the biggest before that, but like that's, that's not a before that following yeah. either. So this right. is a different, well, level. you know, and, and if, if they do prove me wrong, I will be the happiest man on the, on the planet. You know, I love Lord 100%. of the rings so much. I'll say that over and over and over again. But as of right now, um, um, number one, I'm pissed off that I got to wait a whole nother over a year. But number two, I'm like, why? You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say anything else about it. Yep, I'm with you. We can move. We can move on, sir. Let's do it. To the on positive, free positive news. <laughs> yes, positive news. We got our first free guy early reviews. Um, this is a movie that's been out there for ever. Yeah, it was. That was a significant um, I saw the trailer. Today. Yeah, yes, it was. Um, and when I saw the trailer, you know, I saw this and I thought, you know, this looks fun. But I didn't. I didn't expect it to get the uh, early reactions that it's getting. What about you? Yeah, same. You know what we what I've seen uh, has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I've seen anything from this is. Ryan Reynolds best movie to uh, this is the best video game movie ever made. Uh, so when you get praise like that, that's a bit shocking for a movie that I thought looked pretty cheesy. Um, mm-hmm. But 
this was probably another one that I would have well, waited on. Know, uh, to, but now I'm no, not going to. Yep. So uh, if you guys are if you guys are Ryan Reynolds fans or uh, video game fans, apparently this is the movie for you. So we'll definitely be there and we'll we'll give you our thoughts. But it's uh, you know Disney making out like a bandit mm-hmm. here because they didn't have anything to do with it, and except now they're releasing it because this is a former Fox property. Uh, that they acquired and and are releasing now, so I guess good for them. Uh, and and I'll yeah. I'll be in the theater to watch it because I like Ryan Reynolds and I've heard there's some great surprise cameos. I haven't had them spoiled for me yet, so that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. Sold. And anytime Steve from Stranger Things shows up, I'll like, see it. Duh, like I love Steve. <laughs> exactly. And and and, and exactly. more positive so, news. Yes. I don't think Ian's got a chance to watch it yet. Have you? I, I okay. have not, but so I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you All take right, I'm going to go freestyle on everyone here. So as you know, we're huge Ted Lasso fans on this show. Ian, Ian we had are. a busy weekend we in the mountains with his in-laws. So give him I a did. break guys. Okay. I don't did. judge him. All right. He's doing what he can. So <laughs> I took the burden of watching Ted Lasso this week because duh, why not? Um, Ted Lasso episode two of season two is the best episode of Ted Lasso they've ever done. Um, it's a 10 on, on a 10 scale. It is the funniest. I have not like, I laugh at every episode of Ted, but sometimes it's, it's a smirk. It's the happy, like it makes me happy. There is a scene in this that I laughed for five minutes. It is the funny, I think the funniest episode, like practically funny episode of Ted Lasso they've done yet. Um, there's still some yeah. things out there that I'm kind of like, eh, let's see how this plays out. But I think the ending of this right. episode sets up huge for the rest of this show. Um, I think we've got some answers that we were kind of wondering where, like where certain characters fit um, as we move forward here. But if you need, I, I cannot stress this enough. I know everyone's going through like hard times. We've all been cooped up for a year. Uh, if you have, if you just bought a, an iPhone, well, not now, I think you had to buy it like before <laughs> July. So if you bought a phone, yeah, yeah if you, or if you buy a PlayStation five, if you can get one, cause I can't get one. Any of our listeners out there that has one that wants to sell one, like hit me up, but um, please you, if you can watch Ted Lasso, if you're in, if you're down, just watch it. Even if you're not a sports fan, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but it's, it is the most happy, relaxing show I've ever seen. Jason Sudeikis, hundred percent great. Um, and you'll fall in love with the characters. And, Absolutely. And and to me, season two is off to a rip roaring start. So I'm ready. I'm, and because yeah, of ready. that, we will continue to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to bring you some positive vibes. That's our goal here. We want positivity on this show. So Ted Lasso is the ultimate positive. 10 out of 10, go check out episode two, Ian. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I will be doing that the moment I click stop on this recording. But, we, you know, that's not our last review. We've got a couple more coming. Um, today, I ran out to the theater instead of watching Dead Lasso episode two. Um, and I saw The Green Knight. David Le- Lowry, sorry, is The Green Knight, um, based off of Sir Garwin. In the Green Knight, which is a tale um, in Arthurian legend, King Arthur. Um, this movie is made by, like I said, David Lowry and A24. Um, 
I'm giving this movie a 9.6 out That's of high praise. I think that this movie is stunning and stellar and just an absolute feat of filmmaking. Um, but there are about a million asterisks to this score. Um, A24 has a very, they put out a very particular style of movie. And that style of movie is not for everyone. Um, we're talking about the same A24 that put out um, Hereditary um, and Midsummer with Florence Pugh. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name, but the light, I think it it's called lighthouse. The Lighthouse, yep. actually. Yes, um, The Lighthouse. That um, is a very particular style of movie. They are slow movies, purposefully slow. Um, so I know, I know I've seen some reviews talking about how the movie has pacing issues. It's not a pacing issue. It is deliberately that way. Um, it is, it is a slow burn. It is methodical. You have to pay attention to it. Um, and it is not for everyone. And I'm not, you know, a lot of people try to say, you know, well, the people who like a 24 movies are just belittling people who don't, that's not what it is at all. It is a particular style that not everyone likes. Um, I come into this movie I absolutely love the stories of King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table. I grew up listening, you know, listening to, you know, my dad read them to me when I was a little, little kid. You know, I've read a lot of them. I love King Arthur, the stories of King Arthur. You know, I even love the Disney adaptation. You know, I love King Arthur. I love these stories. I've always been, I've always gravitated towards, you know, characters like Merlin and Morgan Le Fay. You know, I enjoyed the Catherine Langford show on Netflix that didn't do very well and got canceled. I love these stories. I knew this story coming in. And because of that, I like this movie more. Um, I think if you don't know the story, you struggle with this movie. Um, This movie does not feed you the story in any way, shape, or form. If you don't know the characters or know some of the things going on, then you will be lost. You know, um, and I'm going to go into spoilers here now. So if anyone who wants to see it hasn't, I would skip the next couple minutes or mute yourself because I am going to spoil this a little bit. But if you are looking for a little bit of an explanation um, before you go see it, because you enjoy, like I said, you enjoy A24 movies the way that I do, maybe stick around. You know, the characters that you love from Arthurian legend are here. King Arthur, he's here. Uh, his wife, the queen, uh, Genevieve, she's here. Um, Merlin is here. Morgan Le Fay is here. Obviously, Sir Gawain is here. Garwin is here. He is the, the main character of this movie. But a lot of these characters aren't explained to you. Um, you get a little bit of explanation about King Arthur. You, you know, you hear about the sword and the stone a little bit and you hear about King Arthur, but none of these other characters are even named. You know, they, you see Merlin. And if you don't know the story, you would never know that that character is Merlin. You see Morgan Le Fay. If you didn't know the story, you wouldn't know that that character is Morgan Le Fay. Um, And the same goes for the queen. You know that Genevieve is King Arthur's wife, but you know, that she's not named in this. Um, And if you look at the like IMDb for it, those characters aren't even listed as 
Arthur. They're listed as the king, the queen, you know, the witch, you know, like, so, you know, you don't learn these things, but it, you know, it throws in a lot of King Arthur tales. You know, you hear about Winifred a little bit, who was a, uh, a woman who was decapitated. And because of that, some magical things happen. Um, but on the whole, this movie has one of the best scores I've ever heard in the entirety of my life. Um, and it has some of the very, very best cinematography I have ever seen in a movie. Dev Patel absolutely kills it. Alicia Vikander absolutely kills it. Um, and Joel Edgerton, who's not in the movie very, very long, he absolutely kills it. Um, but this, this movie, I mean, it is the movie itself is about evaluate. It's about evaluating yourself. The movie, as it comes in the story, is the same exact way. This this movie is about looking inwards towards yourself to figure out who you are as a person. And while Dev Patel's character Sir Garwin looks in at himself, some crazy ass things happen. <laughs> um, and that is the story of the Green Knight. But I cannot wait to see what David Lowry does next. I think this is going to be a jumping board um, towards bigger things, much in the way of, you know, Ari Aster who did hereditary and midsummer, you know, just like, you know, uh, directors like Denny Villeneuve, who wasn't an A 24 guy, but did these smaller movies and is now, you know, rewriting science fiction histories with Blade Runner 2049 and his adaptation of Dune. So, you know, I, I think this is just, I can't give this movie enough praise. I know I've gone on about it for far too long now and uh, I could go on even longer, but like I said, there are asterisks to the score. This movie is not for everyone because not everyone likes a slow burn type of film. And I do, I like to sit there and think really hard about, you know, the minute detail of a scene. You know, I, I love doing that. And I think that that is exactly the type of moviegoer this movie is for. Um, But if you don't like that, if you don't like slow movies, if you'd rather see, you know, and there are other King Arthur stories that's all about, you know, the action of King Arthur, you know, his, his conquests and all that. And those are just as good for different reasons. And if that's what you prefer, that's what you should, that's what you should watch. But this, I would recommend this to anyone who loves that type of movie. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, we're not, Ian Score and, and just everybody listening, we're not judging anyone on their movie preferences. We're not, you know, movie snobs. Exactly. Like like we said, Ian loves Fast and the Furious. I don't like Fast and the Furious. Yeah, see, and, and, and that's, that's, right. the di- that's the dichotomy, yeah. right? I love the super intelligent A24, but then I can go watch Fast and Furious and be like, yeah, right. family. So, like, again, we love a wide variety of me- uh, movies. We're just trying to give you, you know, our takes and then, you know, if your mm-hmm. if your taste fits like ours, then we hope you trust our recommendations and check it out. So, um, and you know the 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 Rotten Tomatoes scores. If if you follow those things, they kind of show exactly what I've said. You know, the critic review on this is insanely high. I think last time I did it was yep. in the nineties, uh, mid to, mid to high nineties. Um, but the audience review is much yeah, it's lower. like in the fifties. And I think a lot of that has to yeah, a lot of that has to do with you know, even if you watch this trailer. The movie, it kind of sells a different movie than what you're getting. Um, 
while deceptive, that's on purpose. They want to get butts and seats, right? Um, and showing a slow, methodical movie in a trailer is not a good way to get butts yep. and seats. No, that, I mean, that's fair. I mean, this is probably something I'll check out once it releases on whatever platform it releases on. But mm-hmm. um, I'm glad that you liked it and anybody that, you know, is into the Arthurian or Arthurian, whatever they, uh, the lore. Uh, yeah, Either one works. <laughs> definitely go check this out. Uh, you know, I've, like I said, from a critic standpoint, I've heard it's great. Um, again, I'm not, sometimes I, I love the, the Oscar nominee movies. This will probably be one. Mm-hmm. Um, this definitely so, should be one. Well, I, I, I usually split those about 50, 50 on things I like, things I don't like. So I'll let you know when I watch it. And I mean, that's <laughs> usually me too. So, but I'm glad this is one of the good ones. Um, but that's not the yes. only thing we watched. Uh, I got bored. Yeah. Kind of roll, kind of flipping, flipping the uh, spectrum. <laughs> yeah, here. I got bored this weekend and decided, hey, I'm gonna flip on uh, He Man. Uh, is it Revelations? Yeah, yeah. Masters of the Universe Cats. Revelations. You know, and I did the exact same thing. I got bored and I watched. It's only it. five episodes. And and I, it's twenty minutes yeah. to pop, so you can burn it up pretty quick. And Tanner and I didn't even know that <laughs> the other one was watching this until until today. Right. Um. We we hadn't discussed no. it at all, um, but what you? Yeah, think I mean, do? so I'm going to preface this by saying I was not a He Man religious watcher growing up. Um, I have Neither very I. little in the way of He Man background, and so maybe my review is skewed on this. I I'd give it a solid seven and a half out of ten. Um, based, mm-hmm. So this is Kevin Smith, uh, his adaptation. Uh, this is part one uh, of this series that he's doing. Um, I have seen a ton of backlash online about, uh, you know, from, from folks that are claiming to be old school, like he man fans. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, we're talking about a cartoon here, folks. Like, um, I've seen a lot of right. it's too woke. I didn't think it was any kind of more woke than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what folks are responding to is the lack of He-Man. Um, this is not yep. part one is not a story about He-Man or Skeletor. Um, so if you're looking nope. for that, you know, maybe wait till part two comes out. Cause Kevin Smith has basically said that you're going to get more He-Man and, and more Skeletor um, as we move on here. Mm-hmm. Um, Skeletor. Right. I mean, this 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 story I thought fit well uh, for what they were trying to do, which was establish the importance of the other characters, uh, and I think the yeah. other characters shine. Um, and it's it's really about finding yourself. And I, you know, I thought again, I don't. How much is there to find in yourself if you're just you know the most powerful man in the universe? I think getting him right. off the screen allowed the other characters to thrive and, and really go through that mm-hmm. progression of, of finding themselves. From what I understand, this is not a direct pickup of the, the old He-Man uh, show. This is kind of like a, a one-off in, in, in its own kind of space, uh, you know, tied obviously to the He-Man show. Um, so again, I'm not going in it with any of the preconceived notions of the old, old show. Cause I didn't watch it as religiously. I've seen it. Um, you know, in a, a casual view viewing every once in a while, but um, I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was good. The animation's great. Um, I thought the story was good. Again, I, I interpreted this as a part one of a multi-part story. 
And so I wasn't like judging the end all be all, you know, I think there, there were some story elements that I thought could have been flushed out better. Again, I think I would have liked to see a little more He-Man and Skeletor, but that's probably selfishly because I love Mark Hamill um, and anything that he does. Right. Exactly. Um, but exactly. Again, I give it a solid seven and a half. I thought it was good. Um, and I'll definitely be watching part two. Uh, and, and, and I'm just yeah. not buying again. This is like the old star Wars. Everyone hated the prequels and now the, 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 the trilogy yep. sequel comes out and now everyone loves the prequel trilogy and hates to see like mm-hmm. guys get over it. Like let things grow and evolve. And, uh, and if anybody's going to do justice to old school properties, it's Kevin Smith. That guy knows more Bingo. about all things nerd than anyone in the entire world across everything, right? Like Kevin Feige is the, the greatest Correct. Marvel nerd ever. Um, you know, Dave Filoni is the greatest star Wars nerd ever ex- outside of George Lucas who invented mm-hmm. it. Uh, Kevin Smith is the ultimate nerds nerd. Okay. So like if that guy Bingo. is going to put his hands on something uh, that has such a, a diehard fan base, give him some time, let him work it out. It's a multi-part series. It's going to be great. And I thought the first input in it yep. was great. Yeah. And you know, just like I'm giving it an eight, just a little bit higher than Tanner. I thought it was great. I watched a little bit more, yeah. I think than Tanner did when I was a kid. Um, so I knew, you know, I didn't know a lot of the larger storylines, but I know the characters. I had a few of the action figures as a kid, you know, you know, that's what the store, that's what the show was for was to sell action figures. Um, so, you know, I had a He-Man and I had a Skeletor, um, you know, and I'll be a little harsher than Tanner. I think here, um, this move, this show's only getting hate because of men who don't want to see masters of the universe focus on the female character. Yep. Um, and those people need to shut the hell up. I think, um, if you, because if you go back to the other, to our, our, you know, the, the show that brought this all along, Tila's in almost every episode, if not every episode, um, she's always been there, you know, so making five freaking half hour episodes of a show that spanned so many more about her doesn't make the show woke. Okay. And she didn't become the master of the universe. You know, she's still just T she's still Tila, you know, and the whole, you know, just like Tanner said, this, this got, this gave other characters like Orko and Cringer, all these other characters room. Yeah. Man on arms, robotic. For the first like, time, not just, not just yeah. Tila, you know, so, and, and like you said, there's more to come. You're going to see more He-Man. And I thought what we did see of He-Man was awesome. You know, the, the whole thing about him coming back from the, from freaking heaven. Uh, spoiler. Apologies. Um, and it doesn't get more, a little, it doesn't get more deep. No, than and, that. it doesn't get deeper. And the, than and that. the shocking twist at the end. Bam. I yes. loved it. Yeah. I won't no. spoil that. Sorry. Sorry, no. everybody. Uh, but you know, I am, I wasn't sure what to think. Um, what I was going to think of this show when I started watching it, but I'm very excited for yep. part two, whenever it does. Come. I agree. Also, before we get into Ian's comic corner, which will be our last segment, I wanted to go back and touch on something real quick that we missed. Um, little, little yeah. rewind, rewind action. So FYI, we talked about the venom two trailer. One of the things that has come out of this is at the oh, end yes. of the trailer, it just says this fall. Venom two was originally scheduled for September 24th. And that was in the first trailer. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned at this point. I don't know if it's a move to get away from Shang-Chi, but I do have some concerns that we may be facing another round of delays for not just this movie, but other movies. Um, I think a lot. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the this fall thing, I, I, I would feel bad if we didn't touch on it. Um, I, I think that is Sony putting in some, some leeway to move this movie. Um, if, if need yeah. be, which, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too political about it, but you know, you could see this coming. Yep. So that's unfortunate, but unfortunately, hopefully, you know, guys just be safe out there. You know, let's, if you're a big yep. nerd like us, you want to get back to the movies, you know, do what you got to do. I'm not going to tell anybody to do what yep. they, to, what they need to do, but like, let's just, let's be careful. Let's be smart. But also I want to go yeah. to a movie theater. So do what, do what you got to do. do. And you know what that means. So, uh, we just want to touch on that briefly, <laughs> you know, say that's a little disappointing and disheartening from Sony, but, uh, not unexpected. And now we're going to, not yeah. unexpected. So now we'll just yeah. let Ian tell us what he's, what he's reading, what he's, what he's liking, what he's not. And I'll yeah. tell you, maybe I'll tell you what I've been reading. So you never know. Yeah. All right. So on this, uh, this edition of Ian's comic corner, we'll go back to last week for a second. Um, the fifth issue of at black Knight curse of the ebony blade came out. Um, this is a mini series. Um, but if you haven't been reading it, you should, um, it is a good introduction to, um, the black Knight that we will see in Eternals played by Kit Harrington. Um, but not only is it a good introduction to the black Knight, but it's a good introduction to another character that I really want to get people talking about because I would love to see her in live action. And that's Elsa bloodstone. Yep. Um, she makes multiple appearances in this series. She's a main main, a focal point of the series. Um, and she's such a cool character. And, um, you know, with the MCU setting up a supernatural side of things with Blade and Moon Knight, I think it would be a uh, great way to get Elsa Bloodstone introduced into the MCU. Um, and I want that more than anything. Well, not more than anything. I'm getting my <laughs> Moon Knight. So as of now, I'm, uh, I want that more than anything. Um, right, because you already got what you want. Outside of that, it is a great – exactly, I know. Um it is a great series. You guys should read it. Uh, if not just to learn a little bit more about the black Knight before, um, his, uh, theatrical debut. Um, and then in a little, a little comic news, um, we got a lot of announcements of, from Scott Snyder, one of the best writers of, um, I don't want to, I don't know, maybe, maybe some would say all time, but definitely at least one of the best writers of right now. Um, for anyone who read his Batman run is considered one of the greatest ever written, um, starting with the quarter miles. Um, he is going on a venture through comiXology, um, and a couple, and I think it will backdoor into image releasing hard copies, but he's writing multiple issues. I can't remember the exact number, but it is many, many, many different series. Um, of books that were going that are going to go into onto comicsology um, with some and he's working with some great artists including his mainstays like uh, Greg Pulo and Jock. So for any Scott Snyder fans, um, you should definitely be on the lookout for those on comicsology, um, which is the uh, Amazon-owned digital comic um, app. But speaking of Jock, who is going to be an artist on one of those books, um, 
he is getting a Batman comic all to himself. Um, Jock has been a big Batman artist for a long time. Some of the most iconic Batman covers in recent memory um, came from him. Um, Most notably, um, there's an issue of Batman that has Joker's face on it, but his face is made up of bats and bat wings. Um, That came from Jock. Um, He did some incredible work on Wolverine at one point and Daredevil at one point as well. Um, I have a couple posters, actually, of his uh, work on Daredevil, and I have also a poster of his work on Venom. So um, I am a Jock fan, and it is pretty exciting to see him get his own Batman comic that he will not only be drawing, uh, but he will be writing as well. So look out for that. Um, That's probably still a ways away. That just got announced, uh, but definitely look out for that. And then the final bit of news, um, which does affect this week for any comic book fans out there, Um, The news dropped a while back, but I wanted to save it for this week because this is really when it takes into effect. So this week, Black Panther was supposed to be published and come out for uh, Marvel Comics. Uh, It was supposed to come out this Wednesday, um, but it will not. Um, It was announced a couple weeks ago that that comic written by John Ridley, which is huge. You know, he's an incredible film director he directed 12 years a slave um john ridley himself is writing this book um and this is coming off of another absolutely brilliant man in ta-nehisi coates who wrote uh who wrote black panther before um this book will now come out in november um it has been delayed three months um i only see this as a good thing they want to get they want to get this right finish up you know some details. I would have probably assumed that de- those details are finishing up or in the art, not the writing itself. Um, but anyway, for those who are looking for black Panther this week, you will be a bit disappointed, Me. but you will get it. Yes, I know Tanner Tanner being one of them. Uh, but you, we will still be getting this comic and it will be coming this November. Yeah. And I'll just give you a brief update on, we'll do Tanner's mini corner here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, as we talked about, I, I, I started picking back, uh, or I got a comic delivery to my house that I spent way too much money on, but that's fine. Um, that's yeah. in that delivery, uh, picked up moon Knight. I was really, I, I thought, you know, per Ian's recommendation, uh, definitely read it. I thought it was a good intro. Uh, the art in it, I thought was beautiful. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where that series goes. And I think it, it's, a. I think that's probably a direct play into the MCU and where we're kind of headed with that show, especially with the introduction of blade. Yeah. I think that a lot of that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's a solid yeah. entry point for the character too. If you've never read yeah, and where that to that point, I don't know that eternals, the eternals comic that's going on with uh, Karen Gillian. I'm not sure that's a great place to pick up eternals. Um, <laughs> like I said, I knew they're just such a difficult, concept. they are very difficult. And, uh, Karen Gillian does a great job of writing Eternals like Jim Starling would, who created the Eternals. Um, or Jack Kirby, sorry. I'm, I'm, I know what you meant. Jeez. Uh, it's Jim Starlin, also yes, an amazing yes, creator. Jack Kirby. Thank you for thanks. Uh, it's been a long night. Um, it is a very sprawling story, it is complicated. Um, if you, I think you have to have a little bit of background and luckily I knew enough about the Eternals 
um, through just like seeing them in some other runs that I've read uh, to kind of get a sense of their, their character. Um, the story focuses a lot on Icarus, um, Cersei and Thena and Sprite. Um, you don't get a lot of some of the other Eternals that you're going to see in Druid. I, you know, Druid's pretty uh, heavily run in there, but you're not going to get some of the other characters that you're going to see um, in, in, in Eternals. Like uh, Fastos is not overly involved. Uh, Kingo is in it a little bit, but not much. Gilgamesh. Uh, you see him a little bit. Uh, I'm through uh, run six, um, and and it's really more. It's a lot of Eternals backstory. It's complicated. It's good, um, but I, you know, if you're looking for like an introduction to understand the characters that you're going to see in the MCU, uh, maybe try to pick an older run. Um, again, this story is good. I'm not saying if you if you want to just jump right in like I did, you can figure it out. It's not like overly complicated, but um, mm-hmm. it is, it is probably a little more complex than like an entry level, uh, you know, here's, here's these characters. So you have like, it's not going to give you the baseline understanding, um, that maybe some people are looking for as, uh, as we get into the MCU version, but it's still a good, I, to right. me, it's a good eternal story. It's just a matter of me still trying to piece together some of the, the backstory on some of these characters, uh, that I don't know as well, just because I haven't read. Uh, multiple Eternals runs where, you know, but right. again, still a good story. And for, for, yeah, for anyone who is, is looking for a good place to pick up Eternals, obviously Kirby stuff is great, uh, but I think a really good entry point for the Eternals is actually Neil Gaiman's run on the Eternals. Neil Gaiman, you know, the famous uh, Sandman creator and famous author of, American gods and Ansani boys and good omens and all those um, great novels. Um, he also did a run of the Eternals. Um, and I think that that is probably a better entry yeah. point for learning the characters, but with the way the MCU and Marvel work hand in hand, I think this new, series will probably lend itself to the character attributes of the movie versions more than the Gaiman run. That's probably fair. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. However, Gaiman is very like ethereal, I guess when he writes. So, and that kind of plays into what I know about Chloe Zhao. So maybe she did take a lot of inspiration from uh, Neil Gaiman, but you know, we don't know enough about that yeah. movie yet. Next to nothing <laughs> to really make that call. So like, like Tanner said, Kieran Gillen is a great author. Yes. So you really can't go wrong. Um, that is definitely one of the series that I am behind on and need to read. Yeah, but definitely worth picking up. If you, you know, if you want to jump right in, jump right in. But uh, you know, like Ian said, that is our show for the week. Uh, just to give you an idea of what you can expect next week. Uh, we're coming back with a deep dive later in the week. So if you've missed yes, those, you're going to get that. Uh, we'll catch you up as always in the weekly uh, on all the news. We're going to give you our non-spoiler review of Suicide Squad in our, our weekly update. And then later in the week, we're going to drop our deep dive on the Suicide Squad. We'll uh, go back. And that will be all, yeah, spoilers. all spoilers. We'll tell you how right or and or wrong we were about all the predictions on the deaths and the non-deaths. Um, and yep. as you've seen from our track record, DC does not listen to us. 
um, which is unfortunate because no, you know not at all. We're, we're objectively speaking very good. We know our um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, join us next week. Uh, we appreciate it uh, as always. Uh, this is Tanner, and this is Ian. Adios. Thanks, guys.